you print anything cool this week? What did I print? Um, I'm starting on a full-size uh, Huang bust from Ahsoka. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the Patreons that I belong to released it, um, and it's it's a life-size head and like neck. Oh. Of of Hu Yang and like you can put lights in the eyes and stuff. Um, so it's a little tricky to print some of the parts because of the way that they have to be oriented on the build plate. Um, mm-hmm. So I started that. Um, I started a couple of pieces for the Rocketeer jetpack. Mm. Um. And I think that's it. I did. I I also bought files to eventually do the um, Book of the Dead and the Book of Life from the Mummy, the Brendan Fraser oh, okay. one. And yeah. that comes with like a key that will actually unlock mm-hmm. the books. Oh wow! So that's cool. Yeah, that'll that'll be a project at some point too. Dance, monkey, dance. this week's episode of dance monkey dance i'm chris i'm john how you doing john i'm doing great getting ready for christmas yeah you're just bypassing thanksgiving going straight to christmas yeah i think so i mean that's pretty Since much all the stores what, that's pretty much what they do in <laughs> in orlando yeah thanksgiving no such thing well you know I guess people don't have a lot to be thankful for, so <laughs> they'd rather get right into the crass commercialism of Christmas. That's right. Where they gang press a dead Palestinian to selling PlayStations. Mm. Yeah. It's all about the birth of Jesus. Yeah. But we haven't talked since Halloween. Did you have a good Halloween? Did anybody show up to your house? I have no idea because oh. I had to work that night. Oh. <laughs> I saw on the the uh, neighborhood website that people got like maybe seven kids. Oh wow! Okay. I I have a big bag of candy. I have not even opened yet. <laughs> I really should have bought stuff I didn't want. <laughs> yeah, that's been a problem here too. I mean, we got yeah. we got a ton of kids this year. Like when it started yeah. out, I was handing out handfuls cuz I was like I had I had overbought candy just because I get excited at at Halloween, so I was like, well, we'll buy all this stuff. And then it started out slow and I was handing out handfuls yeah. and then all of a sudden I looked and there were tons of people walking down the street and I was like, holy shit. Okay. Um, like, hey, this house gives you handfuls of candy. You got to go. <laughs> so, 
so I was dressed as a Ghostbuster, had the car done up with the with the big blue light, and um, you know, so people were looking down the street and being like, "Oh, what's that? We should go down there." Which I'm sure, like, mm-hmm. you know, the neighbors love because I'm drawing attention to the neighborhood. And so, right. like, they're coming down and like everybody's singing the Ghostbuster theme, and I had the projector up on the. Um, up on the garage door with the ghostbuster symbol. And then every five minutes it went to one of the commercials from either ghostbusters one or two. And okay. so all of a sudden it would play a clip from the, the movie with the commercial and people would be like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And so like people were just standing in front of the house at one point And I was like, yeah. all right, this is kind of cool. Like whatever. <laughs> Um, and I had bought full size, um, um, Nestle crunch bars for anybody that was either dressed as a ghostbuster or if the cops came again, like they did last year. Yeah. And I didn't see any cops and no ghostbusters showed up. So at the end of the night, I was like, I can't sit in the house with full size crunch bars. So (laughs) anybody who came up after eight o'clock because everything kind of thinned out at eight o'clock. Like they just went away and I was like, well, okay, I guess that's it. And all of a sudden, like there were stragglers and I was like, you get full size candy bars and you get full size candy bars. And then my kid went trick or treating with friends and they were sitting on the steps out in front of the house at the end of the night. And I just started unloading the the rest of the candy into their bags (laughs) and stuff. And I was like, here you go. And we still have a ton of candy in the house. So, yeah, you know, trying not to eat it has been very difficult. Hmm. Speaking of Ghostbusters, we got a new trailer. We did. We did. And it's getting a lot of praise online for not not looking like a, a nostalgia fest like the like Afterlife was. Um, but I think it looks really good. I think yeah, it looks very original. It looks uh, one of the things that um, I'm going to butcher, butcher his name, but um, n- n- Bill Murray. No, not Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> Nanan Kanjali. I know it's wrong. He was in. Um, oh, what was that God awful Marvel movie? Uh, the Eternals. Oh yeah, yeah. And he he was he was in Kenobi. Yep. Yeah. Um. So he's in it, and he was basically saying that he was a huge fan of the real Ghostbusters cartoon when he was a kid, and the reason he signed on to this was because it's basically a movie length version of one of those episodes. Oh, so that's cool. So that had a lot like they really stretched in those to do things that were that weren't just ghosts and stuff. So I really think that like the big bad in this could be like an actual like cool looking antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get kind of shots of him like putting horns in his head and like right walking into the um the 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 firehouse and stuff but 
Yeah, I mean, it's very cool. A lot of people were speculating on how they were going to do um, the ice stuff with having known that, like, they had shot in the summer in New York. Right. Um, you know, people were like, well, how is, how is that going to work? And, like, it looks it looks very cool. It looks all plausible. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of call-outs to other, what look like other movies in this. Like, um um, there's shots that look like they're right out of Jaws. Um, mm. there's shots there. There's a shot in there that looks like it came from Cloverfield. Like there's a bunch of that kind of stuff. And so I feel like Jason Reitman and the guy that directed this really kind of was like, how can we do Ghostbusters to the next level? And it looks like they've also like gone and tweaked all the equipment and like the, they're now wearing red jackets at the end. And like, it just looks really cool. Yeah. Ed and, and we saw Bill Murray and, uh, Winston again, Ernie Hudson. Yeah. And, and, um, Dan Aykroyd. So all three are back. Yep. Plus Pat Oswald. Yep. So yeah, it should be a fun movie. I would think and that, the right and, go ahead. I was going to say, and the actor strike is over. Yes. That was the other big thing this week. It, it yes. was weird. Cause like the actor strike ended and then like the floodgates opened for all mm-hmm. kinds of announcements and all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, apparently the, it had been reported that the studios had given them their last best offer and that the, the actors were still not happy. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we've gotten everything we wanted. We're good. So hopefully it's the deal that, that they wanted. Hopefully it, from what I've seen as reported, like it's a higher raise than they were expecting. Okay. Um, and there are concessions in it now for um, both AI and streaming services. Um, but then it was also reported that Netflix has come out and said that they will cut budgets and something else to make up for that, which is a really shitty okay. thing to do, I feel. I mean, they're, well, they're making fucking profits. Like, it's not like they're going to be losing money on this. Right. But it's like any union deal. It's like they, they give you what they want, and then they're going to take something else away to make up for it. So they still come out ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Is that's the way of the world. Yeah, well, I would I would kind of like to know what the Disney concessions were, though, since Iger had went out and was said that they were being ridiculous. I would like to know what he contributed as to just agreeing with whatever the fuck they had put in front of him. Right. So yeah, um, um, 
I'm I'm optimistic. It was nice to see all of like the actors suddenly go back to promoting everything and then being really excited. There was there was a bunch of videos that popped up for um Loki season 2 from like Ki Hu Kwan and um the actress that plays Sophie um or Sylvie Sylvie yeah Sylvie um and um they got Tom Hiddleston to go on a bunch of shows to like thank the fans and stuff because there was a lot of praise online for these people that couldn't talk about these projects um Mm -hmm. and so um yeah I'm really glad that they've gotten to at least express how they're feeling about the reaction to their stuff. There was actually a funny video on um, Instagram from Matthew Lillard because his movie five nights at Freddy's had like broken all kinds of records for Blumhouse. Mm -hmm. And so he got on there during the strike and was like, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody. He's like, I can't tell you why or for what, but if you're watching this, you know why and for what. And because they couldn't even like mention their movies. Right. Right. And so it's nice to see them be able to at least, you know, say thank you and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure a bunch of them will, will suddenly be on cons next weekend. Yeah. Good for them. Gives them something to do. Stay out of trouble. Yeah. So speaking of Loki, are you caught up uh-huh. with, with everything? Oh yeah. And what is your feeling on the final two episodes? Um, I thought they really wrapped everything up well. I was I was not sure how they were going to do it with only six episodes, but the the storyline resolved itself and. I guess Loki's now kind of redeemed since he's like the, the, the God of time holding all the timelines together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would think that's going to suck. Just having to like sit there on your throne and not let this thing get away. <laughs> well, so in the comics, and what a lot of people uh-huh. are saying, and the, and the reason that I feel like Loki may have been the most well thought out, put together project that Marvel has done in recent history is because uh-huh. this all ties to the comic books. And um, there are two storylines that is God of Time or, or, or God of, it's not God of Time, it's god of stories um where loki is basically he who remains and is in charge of all the timelines and reality um but also that when kang shows up and in the comic books it's dr doom but loki becomes basically they call him avenger prime and he is the one that will go throughout the multiverses and collect avengers to fight kang and yeah. the idea that 
this is so well put together. It makes me think that it was thought out so far in advance. Um, and the two, the two seasons intertwine to where it's just perfectly done to set up where they're going to go in the MCU. Right. Like none of the stuff that's come out since Endgame has been exciting for me. Um, there have been good things, but nothing that like has really, I've ever gone back and really watched. Um, as opposed to just like, you know, there are, there are things in, in the original MCU timeline. Like I can go back and watch Iron Man a bunch of times, Captain America, the, the first Avengers film. Um, but recently with all the crap that, that they've been putting out, it's just been like, eh, whatever. And now it's kind of exciting again. Now it's like they've kind of thought this out. So I'm kind of now excited to see it's no longer filler. It doesn't feel like filler anymore. It feels like everything moving forward has kind of been thought out again. And that I'm kind of, I'm kind of, um, really excited for. Yeah. I mean, I just thought overall the two seasons were just so well done. Story was compelling. Um, the cast was great. The, the whole final episode where Loki just keeps going back in time to before yep. the timeline exploded that, you know, and over centuries he finally figured out what to do. Right. And it's a, it's a perfect way to redeem him for the future. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just because technically... I think somebody said that if you were to look at the proper flow of time, he's coming from 2012 where he's trying to take over the world and becoming friends with Mobius and Sylvie and all that stuff happens in about seven days. And so you can't really have an arc where this character who is hell bent on world domination goes from one to the other in seven days. But if you're talking about him working for a couple of centuries to fix this problem and finally coming up with the solution that it needs to be him that goes in there and him that takes the reins of reality and becomes he who remains. It's such a better arc and so well such such a better way of like taking this character and redeeming him in a believable way. Right. That it's just, it's just so incredible that they were able to pull that off with six, like with an hour left because at the end Mm -hmm. of that, that fifth episode, I was like, there's, there's no way that they can pull this shit off. Right. And they do. And like, it's literally a cut, like, like Loki going up to Obi and saying, how long would I need to know what you know? And him being like, like two centuries. And then a cut to a card that says two centuries later and he's back. And like, he's as smart as Obi and he knows what's going on. And like, you get all those things of like, how long have we been doing this? And he's not answering them. And I know a lot of people are making a, um, a lot of presumptions because Tom Hiddleston on Jimmy Fallon had said, you know, this is the end of 14 years. Uh, 
right. as if he's ending this run. But I don't believe that at all. I mean, he's going to carry on. He's going to be a huge part of like these next Avenger films. Mm-hmm. Even if they give him a break for the buildup, like he's going to be huge in that next movie. So, and Tom Hiddleston's so willing to do it that he's the guy that you want. Right. Right. You want somebody who's still enthusiastic about the character. Yep. Who really enjoys what he's doing. He's got a chance to do other stuff in between. Yep. It was all just amazing. And I don't know if you caught it, but even um, the last thing that he says to Sylvie and uh, Mobius is a direct copy of what he says to Odin at the finale of the first Thor film before he like lets himself go. When after the fight with Thor, he's he makes the same comment, but this time it's so much more poignant because he's not that character anymore. Right. So yeah, it's it's really well done. I'm I'm super impressed, especially in the wake of the crap that we've gotten from Marvel recently. Yeah, well, Marvel seems to be getting some good reviews. You mean the the Captain Marvel movie, the new one? Yeah, isn't it called the Marvels? Yeah, I mean, okay, I don't know. Like, so so straight up, like I did not realize that it had been uh, releasing this week. Um, because I had never, I hadn't seen any of the marketing material because they really kind of didn't market this very well, right. Um, and I know the strike didn't help and I know they couldn't talk about it and whatever, but like it was, it opened very poorly. It was like $24 million. Yes. And so, yeah, it's not, it, it hasn't done very well. I mean, I've, I have seen the post credit scene because somebody had taped it and put it on line. And it looks like they're finally going to introduce a lot of the characters that people have been hoping for. Um, but I don't know. I feel, you know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for the girl who is Miss Marvel. But she's getting the best reviews out of it. I know, but like, this is not what, like, she had been a lifelong Captain Marvel fan and Ms. Marvel fan. And like, if you watch those interviews for the making of her show where she was like, this is, this is so amazing. I'm going to get to be in a film with Captain Marvel. And then like this happens and it like tanks in the opening weekend. And it's like, I hope they can do something for her. Cause like, that's not that like, nobody should have to put up with that with being yeah. like your first big film. I'm sure she'll be fine. I hope so. I mean, it's just hard to cop to catch the big audiences anymore. Yeah. Or, or, or to catch them and be able to track it. But I think it's telling too that like 
you have a movie open the week before that was five nights at Freddy's, which is a very niche movie of a video game that's kind of horror, but not really. And kind of suspenseful and that like blow up the box office. And then you have something like a Marvel movie come out and not get anywhere near what this little tiny movie made. Right. I think it kind of speaks to the Marvel fatigue that's going on. You know, I think once they had a miss and I don't know if that was Ant-Man or what they really consider their first miss being. But I think once that happened, I know the wheels of production production are in motion, but like there, there had to be a way to pull back and be like, what should we do with this? Right. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very hard to tell. And the only thing that Marvel's doing in 2024 now is Deadpool three, which is going to be a completely different experience. Right. But it features dog pool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's going to feature everybody. (laughs) I mean, at this point, like Taylor Swift's going to be in it because she's friends with, you know, Ryan Reynolds and like Reynolds they're just they're just going to blow this up to be like everything that they can because what what's been leaked is that a large part of this the TVA prunes um Deadpool and he winds up in the void and that's where he meets all these characters and he's taking i guess he takes Wolverine with him out of the void and that's how you get Hugh Jackman back but it's also been rumored that okay. Hugh Jackman signed a multi-picture deal with Marvel and okay. that he's going to be a large part of um, one of the Avengers movies. Mm. So it's going to be really interesting to see because I imagine that at, at his age, Hugh Jackman was like, well, just put muscles in the suit. I'm not going to do what I did before. Like there will be no top like shirtless scenes with me. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I would like to see that character go on and like do other things. Did you, did you read any of what is in the Marvel's post credit scene? Oh, no. I've been avoiding it. Okay. Then I won't tell you. Okay. It, but it, it definitely sets up the mar- the promise that Marvel has made to bring in other legacy characters, um, into the main Marvel universe. So uh, they spent a, a ton of time collecting those characters back. So, I feel like they're going to try to get their money's worth. Right. So we'll see. Well, hopefully it pays off. Well, hopefully this will be the drive to get them back into fighting form. Cause they sure haven't been for a while. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you don't really hear anything about, um, um, oh fuck. What was that movie? The Eternals. Like there was supposed to be an Eternals two with, um, Harry Styles coming in at the end. Right. And all this shit. And that just got dropped. It's because the movie sucks. Well, and you know, they set up this whole thing about there being, um, an eternal in the center of, or not, not an eternal. Um, Oh God, what are those big God like creatures? Yeah. It's either Titan or whatever was in the center of the planet. And like the planet was just here to birth that. And so like at the end, there's a giant hand sticking out of the ocean and half a head. And it's like, yeah, we don't talk about that at all in the Marvel universe now. So it's a little weird, but you know, what do you it, is. Do? it is. Uh, there've been some new rumors about fantastic four that, um, John Krasinski is out as Reed Richards. Well, I don't think he was and ever it, really in. Well, I think that was fan casting. I think they saw a lot of shit online where it was like, oh, he should be he should be Reed Richards. And when they did that scene in uh, Doctor Strange 2, they were like, would you want to do this? And he was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. But who are they? Who are they thinking of for Reed Richards? Uh, it sounds like it's going to be Jake Gyllenhaal, which is kind of weird because he's already part of the MCU. Yeah. I was like, he's Mysterio. Yeah. I think Spider-Man shows up in fantastic four and they meet and he goes, you look really familiar to me. (laughs) I would, I would very much like that. I would very much like to at least have a joke of like, doesn't he look just like Mysterio? Right. I don't, I really think that all four characters of the fantastic four should be cast with primarily unknown actors. Sure. Because then they have a chance. It doesn't become, the hype of who's playing it. Right, exactly. It becomes, you've got a new cast who can put a fresh take on it and who are, you know, young enough to be doing this for another 10, 15 years. Yep. If it goes well. I think it needs to be virtual unknowns the way, um, well, I mean, Chris Evans had already had a career by then, but like, like Chris Hemsworth is the perfect example. Like he wasn't a big name when he got cast as Thor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the most, the, the, the most uh, famous person in that cast was Anthony Hopkins. Um, And like, it was designed that way so that like, you didn't really have any preconceived ideas of what Thor should be like. And right. so like that worked really well. They were able to like, build him up as an actor and like, you know, he's a big box office draw now. And instead of taking a box office draw and trying to shove them into it, I think it needs to be the other way around. 
I mean, they can, they could do stunt casting if they were going to make, um, um, the thing like CGI. And so like mm-hmm. you could have a famous voice do the thing like they did with, you know, rocket or Groot or something like right. that. And that right. be that be a named actor, but I think the live action cast needs to be unknowns. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I mean, I think you could do Doctor Doom as somebody famous, but I don't think that you do the Fantastic Four as that. Because even in like even in Spider Man, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was too big of a name for Mysterio. Sure. You know, you had Michael Keaton in the first one. And that was okay, but he like, yeah, he's Michael Keaton, but he wasn't, I don't know how to say this. Like he wasn't the big draw to that. Like it was, oh cool. Michael Keaton's in it, but it wasn't like, oh shit. Like they got a big name for this. You know, there's some, there's some stunt casting in Marvel, but I think, I think they need to get away from that now. Some? Who? Some? Well, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when you get um, Robert Redford to be in, you know, um, right, Winter Soldier and shit like that, you know, mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, what grandkid talked you into this? Right. Because, you know. But then, like, in Captain Marvel, you have, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Annette Benning. Annette Benning, yeah. Like, that's totally, that was totally unexpected. So, yeah, I don't know. Did you watch the trailer for Inside Out 2? I did not. No? I never saw Inside Out 1. Really? Yeah, that you're probably not yeah. the audience for it. No, it's it's kind of the same audience that would watch the one about the girl's menstrual cycle. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, it's interesting though because Pixar has recast a bunch of the voices for um some of the emotions. Um Fear the character of Fear was played by Bill Hader in the first one and now it is Tony Hale. Which I think is weird because Tony Hale has okay. done a bunch of voices now in Disney. Right. Right. And I know like they have like Disney and Pixar do that with a bunch of their stuff. Like uh, Alan Tudyk is in all of like the Disney animated shit and like John mm-hmm. Ratzenberger is in all of the Pixar stuff. Um, But I don't know. Like it's a it's like a super main character in this. So I, it's a little weird that Forky would end up doing fear. But whatever. yeah. And then Mindy Kaling didn't return for disgust either. So. I don't know what, what the deal was. That's because they wanted more money. And that could be too. It, but I mean, I don't see Bill Hader being like, you know, a diva when it comes to like his salary. Well, it was in, what is it? $850 million worldwide success. Yeah, I guess. Did you uh did you watch all oh, of apparent- Go ahead. 
I was going to say, as early as last January, Mindy Kaling said she wasn't going to return. Huh, okay. Oh, and... Did she say why? She's still alive? Oh. Yes. No, did she say why? Not if she's still alive. Uh, no, but... uh, Amy Poehler was going to get $5 million, and... Bill Hader and Mindy Kaling were offered a hundred thousand. Oh, okay. So yeah, I could see there's a, a discrepancy. But I mean, if if Amy Poehler's carrying the majority of the movie, right? I mean, and you know, disgust and fear aren't in it a whole lot. I mean, that could be justified of salary. I mean, not everybody gets paid the same on a movie set. So, I mean, I would imagine that like, if you were just going in and standing in front of a microphone for a voiceover, that it's, it's heavily dependent on your pay is heavily dependent on like how much you're in it. Right. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they their um, agents were like, yeah, no, we're not going to do it. And so they then they're just like, all right, then we'll go get Tony Hale. And we get a new emotion this time: anxiety. There's like four new ones. the The anxiety one is just kind of the one that um, I guess is in the trailer. Hmm. But I mean, they kind of, they, they kind of, um, at the, at the end of the first one, there's definitely a, um, a nod to what could be coming in the next one. So that audio was on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure my kid will want to watch it. So I'm sure I'll be seeing this at some point. Well, I will not be seeing it in uh, theater. <laughs> I'll wait till it's on Disney Plus. Just have had no interest in actually seeing seeing it. No. No. I mean, like you said, it's. I don't think that you're really the the demographic for it. Right. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm not surprised. I, I've seen all the, the Pixar shit regardless and Disney shit just because of right. my kids. So. Right. Damn kids. I know. So have you watched all of Upload? I have. I was really surprised when I got to the end of where they ended it because I thought this was going to be the final season right I really thought that they said that like season three was it so I was like when when it got to the end I was like wait a minute so I guess this means there's a season four I was a bit confused I don't think it's been uh, confirmed yet Oh, well, that's Baldy then. Yeah. 
It took some very interesting turns this season. The clone Nathan, um, Ingrid's day job. Yeah. The, uh, the, the uh, supporting characters, the, the elevator guy, the concierge, the waiters. They definitely tried to flush out a lot of that stuff. Um, because it, a lot of it towards the end too focuses on some of the characters like the, the black girl that is, has been put in charge of like the management of the, the upload place. And like mm-hmm. she gets a girlfriend and that girlfriend is like evil. And like, there's this whole thing that's right. playing out. And so like, they're trying to like get her files and stuff. So like, it's definitely it def, it's definitely grown out of the original idea it seems of like you know you die and you get uploaded and like you have this digital afterlife right to like them like basically uploading people onto these hard drives and then like Nathan and um oh what's the girl's name Nora Nora they're running around the the country returning their loved ones to their families on hard drives Right. I mean, and then and then there's that weird thing of like they they clone Nathan from a backup, mm-hmm. so that he's still there. And it's like, well, that opens all kinds of weird possibilities. Then of like, um, you know, how many, what what does it mean to be alive in an afterlife if you could just be cloned and copied? So. Yeah, it. I don't know what they're gonna do if there's gonna be a next season, but like, it's it's in a weird place. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I did like the whole concept of people basically being bankrupted by being uploaded or uploading their their family members. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what it would turn into. Right. You know, they're, they're the, what are they called? The two gigs where they only get two gigs of data and like they freeze and stuff until the end of the month or whatever. Yeah. I mean that, that's totally how it would work if that shit happened in real life. You know, there's those that, um, the the place where the guy goes to get the cheese and he's he's trying to sell them into the afterlife like the kids yes yeah I mean that's kind of fucked up too yeah and the whole visiting the digital afterlife of your family yeah. was kind of weird but very interesting concept I mean if if people if well I mean I could say if if there was a way to upload my consciousness into a computer, I'd probably do it. Um, but it would totally get taken over by corporations and shit. And like, it would totally be like that. It would, to- the rich would be in fucking big hotels and poor people like me would be in like little black and white rooms where you only get so much data and stuff. Right. 
don't know. We'll see if it does season four and how long it'll actually be before we would see a season four. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with like when it was written and like how fast they can get it in the production now. Right. Well, I mean, we're looking at, you know, at least a year, I would say. Yeah. You know, to, to, uh, complete all the, uh, the after effects stuff. I don't know. So, uh, so three days ago on Digital Spy, um, the creator Greg Daniels said that he'd planned on starting to write season four in a week or two. So by the uh, time of the final episodes, he may already be underway. Okay, so this was in October when he when he had this interview. So it's not even written yet. So that's super ballsy to to just leave it there and be like, hope we get picked up. Right. But I mean, I guess they've done that in the other seasons too. So I don't know. I mean, who knows how long it'll be until like regular shows get back underway. Uh, I don't know. I mean, unless stuff is was already in the can and they can release it, I don't know if we're going to see new stuff before summer. And then why would they put new stuff on in the summer when they usually show reruns and failed pilots? I would think I would think a lot of it would have to do with ad revenue at that point. Mm-hmm. Like what they think that they can make off of it. Yeah. Have you seen, there was a trailer that dropped today for um, the next Zack Snyder film on Netflix called Rebel Moon. Have you seen anything of that? I I have. It looks really cool. Yep. So, um, you know, here's hoping that it doesn't suck. I'm cautiously optimistic. I know I have given Zack Snyder shit in the past for movies like Sucker Punch and um, things that he's worked on where he's had kind of full control that has gone off the rails. Um, I think visually he's an amazing director. I think he can lend stuff that looks absolutely amazing. Um, He struggles with story at times. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think since the DC stuff has happened, he has gone to, he's, he's gone on to make some things that have been very good. And I don't know whether that's producing partners or he's just learning to be a better filmmaker, but I like his take on sci-fi from what I've seen. So I'm kind of really looking forward to this. I think this is what, at one point, he wanted to make a Star Wars film. That I was just gonna say, this feels like it's a Star Wars film that's out of galaxy. Yeah. Well, he, what he wanted was he wanted to make he wanted to make a Star Wars film that didn't take place around around the rebellion or around any of the known planets. He wanted to do something that was like in universe, but away from what we had seen before. And this feels right. just like it. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm 
I'm hoping that like what he took away from that was a really good idea that was scripted by um, some decent people. But I mean, there's two parts to this. Like, like this is right. this is only part one that's coming out in December, and then a part two comes out early next year. In April. Yeah. April. And, and so, like, I'm really cautiously optimistic that like this is something that Netflix will like actually like glom onto and let him do more of. Mm-hmm. So it was written by three people, um, including um, Zack Snyder. And the first guy wrote John Wick Chapter 4, which was a good movie. Uh, he wrote the um, the vampire film Day Shift, which was interesting. Um, he wrote Army of the Dead and John Wick Chapter 3, which was really good. So that's kind of optimistic. And then who's the other guy? Let's see. What did this guy write? Oh, he wrote 300 and Atomic Blonde. So okay. there's some there's some decent stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Interesting cast. It's a, It's got a really interesting cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so Sophia Butella, who I guess is the main character in this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She was in um, Star Trek Beyond, I think was the one that she was in. Was that her or am I thinking of somebody else? Yeah, no, she was in Star Trek Beyond. She played Jayla. She was in the Kingsman movies. Um she played in in the Kingsman she played the one with the like razor legs okay I don't know if you saw that movie or not mm, I which is the one with Julianne Moore the second one I think it was the second one I don't think she was in that one I think she was in the first one but it's got it's also got like Ed Screen in it um, Anthony Hopkins Charlie Hunnam uh, Corey Stoll uh I'm going to butcher this name too. Jiman Hunsan. Jiman Hansu. Yeah, Hansu, who was yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit. And he was in Gladiator way back in the day. Um, Carrie, Carrie Elwes is in it. Carrie Elwes, Ray Fisher, like all like it's got a really decent cast. Mm-hmm. So unless it's just absolute shit, I don't know how they can miss with this. Yeah. It's interesting that it's being released in theaters in 70 millimeter before it goes to streaming. Well, I think I kind of feel like that's going to be, um, they're going to try to, um, get some kind of Academy award, whether it be for visual effects or something. And mm-hmm. so th- they're going to go the Irishman route where th- it'll be in theaters for a short time before. Right. Yeah. Basically a week, but it's only LA, New York, Toronto, and London. Yeah. So that's, I think that, you know, major, ma- major markets to, you know, get the buzz out. Right. And LA would be their, 
their way of getting it in front of Academy Award mm-hmm. stuff. And so, yeah, I could see them definitely going for this. Yeah, I mean, it looks interesting. There is one shot in the trailer that looks very much like it's out of the Star Wars universe. Which is? Uh, it's the Asian woman with the funky hat on and the scruffy looking guy and he's leaning up against a wall and behind him it's kind of reminiscent of Maz's castle uh where is it in the is it towards the beginning of the trailer Do you know? uh I don't remember okay I mean, you can totally see like, like taking, like whoever whoever Ed Screen's playing. Um, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that looks just like Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's um, you know, you can totally see like Ed Screen being in an Imperial uniform, and instead of his lackeys, there would be stormtroopers. Like this is. This is all just like straight out of kind of Star Wars, which it mm-hmm. will probably help. And there's one shot of a like there's a woman like running through a battlefield and like she looks like the woman from Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And I don't know if it's her or not. Um I'm looking through the cast to see if I can find her. Um, Maybe it just looks like her. Because I don't see her in the cast list anywhere. I mean, the cast list is huge, too. I mean, the named actors are just part of a huge ensemble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope it's good. Did you see Army of the Dead? The the Zack no. Snyder zombie film? No. That was pretty well done too. Yeah? Yeah. But you have to like zombie films. If you're not a if you're not a gore guy, I wouldn't suggest it, but yeah, no. Are you talking about the scene where it's, um, there's a slow motion shot of a woman running through a battlefield and it cuts to a different shot of her later on. Um, and it looks like Ortega who flies the enterprise, but I also thought that that was the same, um, the same actress in um, Our Flag Means Death, who is supposed to be masquerading as the guy. And so she, the, the the woman with the uh, shaved like shaved sides. Ezra, Ezra Miller haircut. Kinda.
she's wearing kind of armor? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who she is. Yeah, I mean, she kind of looks like the chick from Star Trek, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's a mystery that'll have to be solved. I mean, it's only like a month away, so. Right. Have you caught up on Doom Patrol? What was the last Doom Patrol I watched? Last week was super busy for me, so I didn't get to see a whole lot. Um, oh. Because this week was the finale. Oh, was it? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what you think about it. Okay. Um, what was the last one I watched? Uh, the one with the scissor men. I did see. I think. I think the the last one I watched was called Tomb Patrol, and that was episode ten. Okay, there's two more. There's yeah. I think there's two more. So yeah, I need to watch those. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a really good send off. Okay, good. I mean, that's, it's really, you know, there's, there's ways for it to continue on, Okay. but it's a really, really good send off. Well, good. I'm glad. Cause so does it feel like, um, Oh, what was I going to ask? Um, does it feel like it was, this was written? to be an ending or was it do you feel like this could have been a season finale and Uh, this was very definitely an ending okay very definitely okay so I wonder how long in advance they knew that like this was going to be their final season I don't know unless they just redid the final episode which is which is totally possible Right. I mean, because the, the the story arc resolves itself, but then there's just this little finale ending that kind of takes it to a whole nother level. Because when they, they split the season, like the last yes. episode was January 5th of, the, of this year. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if they said, if they went to them and said, hey, we're going to give you six months to film a finale with yeah, could be. within the confines of like the Amortis story, you know, go, go write for a couple of months and see what you can come up with. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like it was just tacked on, but I could see that, it's, that the way the, the arc resolved itself, that it was kind of like, Oh, okay. It was very, very definitely a, a, final season ending okay so yeah you'll have to watch that are you going to watch the new uh, Kurt Russell Godzilla series um I would like to um I have watched all of the Godzilla and King Kong movies that have come out Mm -hmm. with the monarch company in it that is like the central mm-hmm. focus of this. 
Right. Um, I like that they're using Kurt Russell's son for the flashbacks. Yes. Um, so that like, I guess they can go back and forth. Um, it's got John Goodman in it. So like it's got some really good actors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a, a large scale TV show. Like it seems like there's, there's going to be lots of visual effects and lots of like big things going on. So yeah. And it's on Apple plus Is yeah. Apple plus known for that. Well, they they do have a couple of shows um for all mankind is an apple plus show and that's heavy into okay. special effects um okay. or visual effects and so um it would be it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to do that i think i think apple plus is also um Foundation, the the TV show Foundation is on there, and that's all sci-fi oh. stuff as well. So, well, anything with Kurt Russell is worth watching. Yeah, and that's how I feel too. Like, like it's definitely like worth at least checking out. Um, Cause I mean, he, he even made the fast and furious movies that he was in at least part, part, partially mm-hmm. watchable when he was on it. So, I mean, I don't know how his Santa Claus movies were. Um, I liked them. Yeah. I, I mean, I really liked them. They, they, there is some weirdness about it. The elves are like these weird little hairy creatures. <laughs> And Goldie Hawn's facelift in the last one is like, ooh. <laughs> Very scary. Uh, speaking of Santa Claus, did you watch any of the Tim Allen season two? I did. Okay. What did you think of those episodes? Uh, the son and his girlfriend annoy the fuck out of me. <laughs> okay. It's like. Oh my God! Who gave you that direction to act that way? You were horrible. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not as. I mean, I liked the first season. I thought it was a nice little wrap up. But the sun is just so out there, and I don't know where Fluffy is going. But it seems like he might be the replacement Santa in the end. That was kind of my thought as well. They're they're spending an awful lot of time with the idea that this is the dude that like embodies Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in that first episode, there there's a shot of him like dressed as Santa. Yep. And it looks good, and it's like okay, I can see them kind of going that way. Um, I like Eric Stone Street. I he's just over the top enough Mm -hmm. that I think it works. Um, you know, like his, his assistant Olga. Well, do you know who that is? No. So you watched, um, the secret Benedict society, right? Yeah. The little girl, the little smart girl. That's her. Oh, 
Cause she's got, okay. she's got that weird accent that I, I can't place where she's from. Right. But yeah, I mean, she's, she's awesome in it. Um, every time that they cut back to the North pole though, I'm like, um, I just think Tim Allen is kind of too much now. Right. Like it's, it's weird. But every time they go to him, it's like, I, I, this is not the person that I want to be following in this story. And he's Santa Claus. So, you know, it's, it's also weird to me that if you've watched all the Santa Claus films, Mm -hmm. there was an entire movie about Jack Frost taking over and turning the North pole into a tourist attraction. Yes. And so like, there's still this thing of like, some people don't believe in Santa. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, as an adult, whether you had kids or not, if shit magically showed up at your house on Christmas, you'd believe in something. Right. And so it's a little weird that like, even with the magic, um, snow globes and that, the, and that was a piece of the story that I had totally forgotten about until like, you know, it popped back up here. Um, if there were magic snow globes that suddenly showed you memories, you'd be like, Oh, there must really be a fucking Santa Claus in. Right. But I don't know. It's a little weird. It, it, there's some holes in that logic. But I don't know. I guess we'll keep watching it for now. Well, it's not much else on, so may as well. Yeah. Uh, something we talked about a few weeks ago is the new Captain Nemo series. Yeah. It's been picked up by AMC. Oh, really? So we'll actually get to see it. I mean, I guess that's an easy grab because it was done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they just pay for the show and just get to air it and then call it an AMC original or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's supposed to start airing, uh, well, sometime next year. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Something else to watch. Yeah, that's cool. Did you see the news story about Jared Leto climbing the Empire State Building? No. (laughs) He did it to promote his band. Okay. It's very bizarre. There's all these pictures on on X of him, like people inside the building seeing him climb up and taking pictures with him. And um, yeah, it's really weird. He set the record by being the first person to legally climb to the top of the building. (laughs) Okay. Now, it doesn't say if he was on acid and he thought he was King Kong when he was doing it, but. (laughs) I mean, there'd have to be all kinds of safety shit in place. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's. He's got a a camera guy with him. 
Right. I mean, come on. I mean, he's got a safety line on him, so. Yeah. You know. It's like, come on, do it without a harness. <laughs> Bet you can't. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. What's his band? 30 Seconds to Mars? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Definitely somebody not on my uh, radar. He told the, the Today Show, I have to be honest, it was very, very hard. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Well, no shit, dude. You're climbing like 80 stories. Right. Like, and are you a climber? Like, what, what preparation did well, you do yeah. for this? Well, he's, yeah, he's done other stunts like this. Okay. In other countries. Oh. But, I mean, what do you think his management is going through when he says he wants to do this? I think he makes them enough money where they just get it done. Yeah. He's 51. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, it's 102 stories. Okay. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Like 1,200 feet. Yeah. Nope. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to do that, but I guess good on him. Sure. You think they shot like a music video as he was climbing up? Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Jeez. Uh, in other words, the uh, the Las Vegas Fear has lost almost a hundred million dollars in the last quarter. I saw that. That's weird. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what they're, unless they're going to line up a ton of big name acts to do this, how they're going to make their money off of it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would think that they would try to get as many big name acts as they could. Sure. I mean, especially after the footage came out from U2 and was like, you know, this is what you guys could be doing in here. Oh, yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And I know. But you've also got to be able to sell that much of a um, audience. Well, but I know that they also do other things in there. Like um, there's like, I guess there are like big 360 projections that you can go mm -hmm. in and watch of yeah. like, you know, like flying and stuff. So like I could see them doing more of the, more of that stuff and more like, um, you know, one off presentations of things to kind of get people in there. But there's gotta be a way to make that profitable. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's a Darren Aronofsky. I guess it's a documentary. 
that's going in there called Postcards from Earth. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they should put Tupac in there. <laughs> I mean, you could totally do... Um, there's got to be a way to do holograms in there. That'd be amazing. Mm. Well, there, there's really not a way to do holograms. There's a way to do Pepper's Ghost. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. They are not, they are not legitimate holograms. I know, but... Uh, the 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 technology in there like if just just for instance if they could work something with marvel to where they had an ant-man attraction huh and they used the sphere to make it look like you were shrinking mhm like going like shrinking them being full size and stuff like that would probably be mind blowing in there but to produce it and get it in there is probably so much money that it's, it'd probably be hard to make that money back. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be worth it though. You just got to have to figure out how to monetize it. Yeah. I mean, if they were smart, they'd be making their own production company to create things for it. Right. You know, what if, what if anybody who comes in there and is like, we want to perform there. Okay. Well, we get to film it and show a concert on the led screen in there of you and you get so much money from it as a way of like, you know, Oh, I missed you too, but you can see the performance on Friday night. They just won't be sure. there, you know, big shit like that. Right. That's already formatted for it. I definitely think there's something there for that. But who knows? Very interesting times we live in. Yep. All right. You got anything for else for this week? Oh, uh, not really. I started watching Behind the Attraction, the new season. Okay. Kind of feels like they're grasping at straws. There's an entire episode on food. <laughs> That's not an attraction. There's, one, uh, there's an episode on Epcot. Okay. Like instead of being like on one attraction, it's just about Epcot. Oh. But the the uh, Indiana Jones Adventure one was good, and the um, there's another Pirates of the Caribbean one that was good. Okay. But uh, yeah. I'll have to check that out. So now streaming on Disney Plus. Ooh. For your enjoyment. For something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on YouTube and Facebook and let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>
Yippee-i-o-pie-yay, Nutter Butter.